0: Welcome to another Sustainable Wine podcast with me, Toby Webb. And I'm delighted that in this podcast, Joe Griffiths from the British Standards Institution is joining us. So, good afternoon, Joe. How are you? I'm
1: very well. Thanks. Yeah.
0: Good. So, um, thank you for your recent support, Joe. BSI sponsored our recent Future of Wine conference, the proceedings for which are available very, very soon. And, and perhaps by the time you hear this podcast already on sustainablewine.co.uk audio and video and in this podcast we just wanted to try and summarize um, some of the sessions that you took part in to try and save our listeners time if they haven't got the opportunity to listen to the whole sessions that we are posting so let me let me just start by asking you to introduce yourself a bit Joe tell us about what you do and, and what BSI does and then we'll move on to talk about what we learned about sustainable packaging at the conference.
1: So my my background is very much in in packaging. I'm I'm one of those people that can say packaging is my bag, uh, to to coin a, a rather bad pun. Um, and uh, my 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 um, experience has been across packaging in a couple of different uh, sectors. At BSI, I'm a global food community director, and our objective with the community is to bring people together to 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 discuss. Um, some of the, the key issues that really face uh, different sectors across food and food and retail. Um, so to get involved with with wine um, and some of the discussions in wine, it was one of the most sort of uh, intensively discussed uh, conferences actually I've been to, uh, and, and the online format really um, you know sort of worked. There was a lot of discussion sort of in the chat box, and as well as the discussion in, in the plenary sessions. Um, so we really uh, got involved in uh, some of the discussions around greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and across uh, some of the packaging uh, questions as well. Uh, And of course, uh, packaging particularly interesting for me. So I was happy to to get involved in those discussions.
0: Well, thank you. Let's talk about the the takeaways you had then, really. You took part in a session related to climate change. Maybe we start with that. Uh, What were you saying on the session and, and what are your takeaways from that particular discussion we had around packaging and climate change? Because clearly it's a huge part of the GHG carbon footprint of of
1: wine, yeah. The the key factors I think with packaging is that you've got two different sort of elements. You've got uh the pack format itself, you know, the shape and and, and size of things, um, and I, and how efficient it is in the supply chain. You know, there's uh, we we're very used to the the typical glass bottle, cork closure, uh, or capsule closure, um and I, I I think you know that that companies who move away from that are, are, are really the disruptors, and I and I think. Um, there's uh, a lot of creativity in, involved in, in, in presenting that to the consumer. The second aspect, of course, is the resources that go into creating the materials. Glass is very, very energy intensive. So in terms of greenhouse gases, is a, a huge burden there. Um, what mitigates that, of course, is its, is its recyclability. Everyone um, knows that glass is, is largely recycled very, very highly in, in countries that have recycling facilities. Um, same with, um, you know, capsules, in, in the metal used is, is usually aluminium there. So there's a high level of recyclability. Um, but back to the pack format, you know, that you, you've got, I often use the example of canned tomatoes. Now, everyone has probably got a can of tomatoes in the cupboard. It's fairly uh, a banal kind of product um, that people use day to day. But if you put that product, the same amount of product into a tetra brick a tetra-pack, a multi-layer laminar, other other, other types, types are available of course, um, you actually can get up to 110% more on the pallet, so you almost halve your greenhouse gases just by you know using a different pack format. But I do think there's um, perhaps a reluctance to change formats, I think there's uh, an element of, of recognizability around changing formats. Um, I know that certainly uh, I've heard of you know examples where people can't find canned tomatoes in the supermarket aisle because they're not looking for the tetra brick they're looking for the can. Um, so I wonder if 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 perhaps the wine industry is reluctant to sort of change or move from glass into a different pack format because that sense of recognizability um, is, sort of is, is lost a little bit. and I do think the the retailers have got a huge potential impact here not only can they mandate change within their own supply chains, you know, they've got a lot of control, a lot of influence um, with, with, their, with their wine suppliers, but they can also normalize the pre- pre- presentation of wine in different formats. Um, and that plays whether the shopping is online or in store. And I think online is the important factor as well. I, I buy a lot of wine, I suspect we all do, you know, especially during these lockdown times, the, the online business is is huge at the moment. Um, and I do notice that some of the disruptors use packaging as a point of difference, whether that's plastic free, recyclable, not just on wine, but on any product. Um, the packaging might be returnable and so on. And I think there's a huge opportunity to explore pack formats where the retail channel isn't conventional, where you're not relying on people going into store. Uh, you're not relying on the bottle to sell the product or the label to sell the product. You might be using the grape or the, or the origin to sell the wine rather than... Um, the actual the feeling of the of the bottle in the hand um, and again the bottle in the hand is perhaps some of the background behind the weight of the container you know the minimum functional weight for a bottle is about 300 grams that's you know that's the minimum you can have that's going to be uh, a bottle that's going to survive in the supply chain that's going to be robust enough to to, to deal with a, a complex supply chains um but you know many bottles are twice that, three times that, four times that. But it's that weight, that that sense of prestige in the hand, I guess, of the bottle that that, that the brand owner might be really, really protective about. Um, so I think, you know, there's there's a huge amount of potential to play around with these things. Um retail definitely retailers, like I say, definitely got a, a huge uh potential to influence and, and normalise some of those changes. And it'd be interesting to see how many, how many uh private brands seem to pick those up as well
0: thank you yeah the supermarkets in the uk for example or elsewhere in europe have got a lot on their plates when it comes to choice editing and better products and i sort of get the sense that they are doing some stuff on on wine you know the co-op in the uk is experimenting with pt packaging and of course there's box wine and you know there are some innovations taking place but you do get the sense it's a little bit further down their list than some of the issues they're having to deal with featuring you know deforestation and, and much more emotional challenging issues which are having a huge impact on, on the climate of course but then you look at the scandinavian alcohol monopolies and i've just sent you a couple of photos from finland of some really interesting innovative packaging that's happening under the, the guidance of ALCO, the state monopoly. Do you see those organisations as really key in setting their sort of framework and, you know, some of the innovation standards around sustainable packaging in the future?
1: Absolutely. I think you're right to, to suggest that, you know, the retailers, they're, they're looking at the the very topical uh, pieces to really work on, you know, the, perhaps the soyers, the meats and so on. Uh, and I wonder that, you know, wine is in a bit of a special place. Does it have a bit of a halo? Consumers perhaps forgive or simply don't uh, acknowledge that wine has a, an environmental impact, you know, whatever that, that, that is. It's kind of like, well, it's great. How, how bad can it be? You know, There's that sort of um, lack of negative attention to wine at the moment. And I think it's a really advantageous uh, position to be in. The industry can be moving forward with some radical approaches and, and avoid Potential negativity because by the time perhaps the attention of the consumer, by the time the the attention of the retailer and, and perhaps the media um, uh, falls onto the wine industry, that you know the, the wine industry can say, well, look, you know, we've been we've been doing this for years, well, you know, why why look at us now? That this this is our credential. And I think that certainly um, plays to sort of perhaps BSI's role in, 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 in helping companies um, move towards an operational excellence. You know, we've got a whole bunch of standards out there. And I think the, the wine industry is in a good position to pick up some of those perhaps um, more around sustainability, a cultural uh, a, a pr- approach to sustainability, um, to be adventurous with, with um, you know, how they operate. Um, bearing in mind of course that the whole communities rely on the wine industry in some locations so i think that lack of attention right now or, or perhaps you know they've not quite got the attention that some of the other um areas have that they can um be creative and 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 take the time to establish the the unintended consequences of making significant changes to pack formats or or how they grow their grapes or um uh, adjusting or replacing a, a filling line—you know—that's a huge investment. That's a fifteen to twenty-year investment. A, a filling line, um, and adjusting that is, is you know, it's, it's a hugely disruptive uh, process. Um, so by having the time to make um, um, the, those real um, adventurous changes, I think you can probably, proper, properly, perhaps assess that those impacts and and do a really good job of it and perhaps do, do some pilots and testing and and you know examination of of, of of a change and the impact on on the on the organization and the community around it
0: certainly when it comes to um pubs and bars and restaurants and hotels you can see it being much easier to to move to you know tap wine and kegs and so on over time particularly for the the lower end wines under a certain price point or the house wine But it is difficult with consumers, isn't it? Because I've seen some research from a retailer that said when they asked consumers to sort of rate the products around how much they thought about sustainability when they bought them, wine was bottom of the list. Mm. Things like nappies uh, were way up there, uh, but wine was literally barely thought about, which is very interesting considering all that heavy glass sat on shelves. And I know that the glass industry is, is fighting back. On the 24th of November, I got a press release from them where they're launching a new sustainability hallmark for people and planet, where um, it's some sort of logo designed to promote glass. It doesn't seem to have any targets associated with it. It's just their sort of attempt to, to fight back and point out that glass is a very good thing because it can be recycled, often is, uh, and of course, looks um, good you know looks good and is is flavor neutral um so we're starting to see the glass industry try and push back against uh, uh, a possible crisis of relevance and they've got a number of stats um about consumers they say 42 percent buy more products in glass because they consider it can be recycled more than other packaging and that is a good point you know glass mm. recycling infrastructure does exist but would you agree that um the future is a bit like Renewable energy. You know, I remember when I was a kid, everyone said wave power, and then it was wind, then it was solar. yeah you know, then the nuclear fusion—whether um, that's renewable or not—and it seems to be the answer is—you know—you're going to see a lot more mix of formats over the next five or ten years. And some products will always be in glass, uh, and but many others won't. Do you think that's a fair assessment?
1: Absolutely. I, I, I would never advocate for wholesale replacement of glass and cork. You know that there the is absolutely fundamental to how some wines uh age and are kept so i don't think we could ever say you know you you're not allowed to do that anymore your 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 product is now illegal um but i mean you alluded to you know perhaps some of the lower uh, lower price wines where you know the price point uh is such that um you know it's just it is it, actually cheaper to put it in a different platform for the for the producer it might be a more effective way they can transport more in the same space of course it's cheaper um and i think there's there's got to be a, a, an honest assessment and, I, and again I, I do think the retailers have got a role in this an honest assessment of the product and, and how it, how it's used um and uh I, I mean we haven't touched on sort of uh, wine whining cans i i um i think there's probably a little bit of snobbery about wine in cans but i think it's a great idea because it means that if i'm camping i'm sat around a campfire i haven't got to worry about disposing of glass but i've still got a very recyclable material um or or worrying about glass smashing in my backpack you know um so i think there's there's a huge uh potential for um some companies to to honestly look at their their product range and use the information they've got about how and where their products are sold to you know to make good decisions to make more Uh, environmentally sound decisions uh, and and really be by being honest with themselves and and how and and how their products use they and and this is you know true across wine many other products Um, you can keep glass where it's where it's where it's needed you can keep glass where it's it's suitable Um, and I think um, glass also wins out as well because you know there's a, a a huge movement against plastic right now and a lot of the alternative pack formats do rely on plastic in some way or another you've got multi layer laminates of course they're laminated with plastics and adhesives you've got uh pet bottles there's plastic people don't want plastic in their homes they are anti plastics at the moment um and particularly caps because caps are one of the most um prevalent uh, found items on beaches um uh even cans have a liner inside potentially <laughs> that's part polymer um so, you know, you've got all these other solutions relying on plastics. So the anti-plastics movement is not going to readily accept those. Um, and I think there's, uh, th- there's a-, a need really for um, a-, a little bit more transparency on packaging choices and format choices, um, you know, whether that be a square format, round format, letterbox shape format, uh, to enable people to make decisions based on their own, um, their own ethics, their own requirements, their own uh, priorities. Uh, and if they want glass a wine in glass then they get wine in glass and if they want cans they get cans too.
0: Well it's a huge opportunity I would think for for wine producers to do much better and more innovative marketing. Somebody uh, pointed out to me once that the 750 mil bottle in glass only exists because that was the lung capacity of a French glass blower some sort of 300 years ago and what other product uh, still in the same format that it was in three centuries ago it is quite staggering isn't it and, yeah. and if you look at the pictures i've you know i've sent you and, and, and any listener can view on the alco website in finland of, of the innovative pack formats they've got they're really quite attractive actually i think so great opportunity to talk to consumers with other messaging around around sustainability i would have thought
1: Branding is everything. They could. They used to call uh, packaging the silent salesman because it, it does its job without without shouting about it. Um. And, and I think it's probably still true that the average uh, consumer can scan something like nine feet of supermarket shelf in sort of one point six seconds. You know, they they're looking for the attractive shape, the attractive color. They're not looking for, um. You know, the Marmite, the word Marmite on the front of a Marmite uh, uh, a bottle uh, or jar. Um, they're looking for the you know the familiar shape and colors associated with it so if you can come up with an attractive pack uh, it almost doesn't matter what to an extent perhaps what's behind it you know people might go into the wine aisle and expect to see obviously wine bottle shapes um, but if you present um, a beautifully branded bag in box you might just you know you might just win win a consumer and if it's at the right price point if it's the right product um, you know, you, you might win a new a new a new customer.
0: Yes, I, I get the email newsletter from the the Bib Wine Company, bag in box wine company in the UK, and they're making some seriously good looking bag in box yeah. packaging. Which you know, you, you know, it always used to be a joke, didn't it? You know, Stalls of Chelsea, uh, with apologies to Stalls uh, and others, you know, bottom shelf in the supermarket, um, looking pretty pretty unappealing but it, yeah, it's I starting hope. to look quite good now which is excellent now like
1: cardboard i think is the other
0: <laughs> yes, the card. other vernacular <laughs> yes very good um so at the conference there was a huge amount of debate i mean we had about 700 people taking part over two days at different times but the debate about packaging was constant i mean all you had to do is mention the p word in a biodiversity session and the chat function would end up you know, with it's really hard
1: to keep track of at some point, yeah.
0: <laughs> was, wasn't it? So, Joe, I'm just wondering, you know, overall, if you think about, you know, what next year brings, what, what do you take away from the, the conference, having seen, you know, some of the most interested people in the wine industry take part in this conversation? What are your takeaways from that?
1: It's, it's such an exciting uh, notion that you've got a really motivated community to grab a topic like packaging, recognise it's important to their product and also to the environment and want to do the best they can. And I, I'm, I'm, as I've mentioned, you know, personally, I'm, I'm very passionate about packaging. I, I see its role in the supply chain um, and I, I see the importance of, of effective, functional, well-designed packaging. Um, and, and the issue, I think, that, that comes up is that we j- just simply don't have an effective waste management system. Now, that's a, a slightly separate issue. but um, my My objective for next year is to really you know break some ground on uh developing what a sustainable packaging framework looks like you know using some of the standards that already exist like fourteen thousand well known uh, a, a well known standard like that can be used you know in any any industry well if we use that as the benchmark and use some cultural approaches to to circular economy like b s eight thousand and one circular economy standard, if we package all those elements together and and really Um, match those to an organization's own objectives um, throw in some you know some additional uh, requirements as well we can help organizations to to a get get a handle on where they are in terms of their emissions their water use their uh, low-hanging fruit (laughs) sorry about the pun Um, to to really improve their environmental profile and then actually take steps to keep on improving that over time that's that's you know i I've I've talked to several people about it and everyone sort of goes when 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 is this available and I'd be really interested to hear um, from uh, anyone who's listening in that you know if they're interested in this please do get in touch Um, because what it does is third party verify that you are in fact you know walking the walk that you thought you're talking about um, but also gives you a a mechanism within the organization uh, to make some significant changes and it's not just about pack format obviously it's there's a huge number of um, measures uh, that can be um, can be included in 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 a sustainability matrix, um, but I think packaging. You know, everyone's agreeing at the moment that that yes, something can be done, and there's these um, these innovators using different different pack formats. Well, let's let's make sure those are the right things to do um, before we, we we hop wholesale into them.
0: Well, it certainly looks like it'll be a vibrant space in 2021. We've got. COP26 coming up in Glasgow. The EU leaders have agreed today, after much debate and discussion, to cut pollution in the EU uh, around uh, GHG 55% by 2030. So, you know, carbon it will be king in terms of reduction uh, in next year. So, and of course, we see lots more regulation around packaging as well, don't we? You know, extended producer responsibility schemes, you know, you made it, you own it approach. Yeah. Um, deposit return schemes obviously exist. Um, and really, it's about as one speaker has put it to me at, at another conference. It's about making people value resources, and that cultural change aspect. So all of those areas seem to be colliding over the next uh, twelve months or so. It should be an interesting, um, interesting twenty twenty one. If listeners want to know more about BSI's work in this space, where could they go?
1: Uh, please email me or find me on LinkedIn. Uh, we can find ways to connect. Um, we we've got a very uh, well-connected food team so no matter what the uh, the inquiry if it's about packaging i girl um uh anything else then we, we've got a, a very uh, uh committed food team that's uh, very motivated in this area so please do get in touch
0: great well joe thank you so much for your time joe griffiths from bsi is available on linkedin as mentioned so please do connect with her um, thanks so much for your support of uh, the conference Um, looking forward to to working with you again in the future and thanks very much for your time today on this brief podcast
1: Thank you Toby